Advertising Week is proud to present Great Minds, People and Culture, a podcast dedicated to exploring the art of intentional leadership during times of change. The goal of Great Minds, People and Culture is to provide our audience with practical strategies, reliable data, and tangible advice as we look to empower leaders seeking to make a positive impact. Each 30-minute episode of People and Culture is a deep dive into the intricacies of effective leadership, featuring insightful conversations with experts and thought leaders. Great Minds People and Culture premieres September 2023 and will be available through your podcast store of choice and at advertisingweek.com. Welcome to Great Minds, and our guest today is an old, old friend. Really, Jerry, you're in the category of people who I like the most and through life circumstances just see the least, but that's intended to be a compliment, and it is. And Jerry, you're a big reason why I'm in this business. I couldn't be happier to have the great major retired, I love your entry, Jerry Sharashevsky, who I will always think of as my ambassador plenipotentiary to Madison Avenue. And we're thrilled to have you here on Great Minds. Well, thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. I don't know if you can see on the wall behind me. I can. Is that, well, the Pillsbury Doughboy toppled the Kool-Aid Man poster. That was our, our very first Madison Avenue Walk of Fame. Yes, it was. Oh my goodness, fantastic. So Jerry, there's so many great things to talk about with you, but you're sort of a bridge between the old and the new uh, and, and really reinvented yourself so brilliantly in the modern digital era. But I, I'd love to start by going back, not quite to the beginning, but close. You work for some great, great agencies starting uh, when America turned 200 in 1976 at McCann-Erickson. And uh, I, I, I'd love to go back. Is that right, Chair? Well, yeah. Uh, I worked for McCann for a year. Uh, I left New York in 76, I guess, uh, and went to Portland, Oregon, where M McCann had an office and then needed a packaged goods guy and I wanted out of New York, and I just got married. Fantastic. And, and McCann, and then uh, uh, I know that one of your early, early favorite mentors um, was Lester Wonderman. Yes, a, a, an extraordinary man. Uh, you know, I worked at YNR basically from 1969 to 1976. Then I was gone for two years and then came back to YNR. And in the early 1980s, the folks at Wonderman and I got to know each other partially through some corporate stuff and partially because I had created the first subscription-based coffee business in the world uh, called Gervalia. And since I knew nothing about how to build a subscription-based business, I went to see Lester. And out of that, they invited me to join his agency, which was, of course, part of Young and Rubicam. And I did so. I was there for, I don't know, a bunch of years. 
And then I went to uh, Burson Marsteller, also part of YNR, and got involved in the entertainment and event marketing business, which was also really interesting. Okay, all right. So I sort of cocked this up. So that we, if we go back to the beginning, we're really going back to the, the late sixties in YNR. Yes. Okay. And all right, so. I was I was a temp in the mailroom. And I remember when we did that goodbye party for you when you left Yahoo at the Friars, and we had a lot of your old YNR alums there, including Ed Day, including Ed Day, and and. I'd love just to talk a little bit, Jerry, because you're one of few. If, if guys like you and I don't talk about them, they get lost in history. To talk about both Lester and Edna. Love to. Uh, two of my favorite people. Uh, Ed was the consummate gentleman, an extraordinary leader. Uh, I remember when uh, Weinar was going through the beginning of its crazy days. And the management was trying to convince us that we should sell all our stock back. Uh, and uh, everything was going to be great. And the audience was uh, guys like me. And then suddenly there was a silence in the room. And everybody stood up and applauded because Ed had just walked into the room. Retired. But Ed had just walked into the room. Uh, and I'll tell you one of my favorite little stories. Uh, Lester had been chased by a number of agencies, including Ogilvy and including Weinar, for a number of years to sell his agency to them. And Lester said on many occasions, the only one I would have ever sold to was Edna. It wasn't Weinar, it wasn't Ogilvy and Mather, it was Edna. And that's that's kind of who he was. He was the last of the madmen. He was the, the 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 just a brilliant manager, the man who invented the global ad world that we 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 knew. I don't know if we still know it. Uh, he invented it, and uh, it was an enormous pleasure working under him and for him. I got to do some really extraordinary things that I never would have done. And some great talent, some of which is still around, that emerged from both those shops. Indeed. Uh, but I'll tell you, Matt, I don't recognize the business today. Uh, it is such a different, non-personal business that I knew. Yeah. Uh, it's it's algorithms and it's you know well, who can do get to the lowest possible number in the shortest possible amount of time and i don't understand any of that well one of the things jerry that made you you know so different from everybody else is that old notion and it's what you're talking about with ed and lester and that's charisma and charismatic leaders and you were one of them. A lot of the people that uh, I worked uh, for and with under you and alongside you during our time together at Yahoo, you know, close to 20 years ago, you know, there was a lot of charisma there. And uh, I, I do agree with you that uh, uh, the depersonalization 
of a business that is very much about, you know, personal choices that people make. Um, yeah. There is a, there is a disconnect there. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I always say that my 10 years at Yahoo were the most fun I've ever had with my clothes on. Uh, it's, it was an extraordinary time. We got to work with extraordinary people and we got to do some extraordinary things. Uh, we sure did. And we will get to that. We got some good stories. I, I, I can't get the image out of my head of you and I both sitting in an office. I think it was on 40th Street and the air conditioning was out. And I'm reasonably sure that we were both sitting there with headbands and pants, but no shirts. I, yes. and, and, and we were trying to install a pool in the office. Yes. Yeah, that is that did happen. So let's talk about uh, uh, a little bit about you spent a year with uh, our old friend George Fertitta at Margiotis. I did. Uh, I was fortunate. Uh, at that particular moment, I needed a job. And there was a young man uh, named Paul Donaher, who used to work for me at YNR, who was now the new business guy at Margiotis. And he said, come on down. And George and I had a great talk. And in 10 minutes, we made a deal. Uh, it was it was a learning experience. Every, every job I've ever had, Matt, has been a true learning experience. And George was, uh, I shouldn't use him in the past tense, George is one of those people who has real style and real um, charisma, I guess, is the right word. He was a great leader, and he built a terrific agency. And I was pleased to have spent a little over a year there. Yeah. Yeah, we met when he was, uh, when we launched Advertising Week, he was working for, I think it was for Mike Bloomberg. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, really classy guy. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I like George a lot. Okay, and some other gigs, some stops along the way, spent some time at RCA Special Products. What was that, Jerry? Uh, I was in need of a job, and uh, a friend of mine who was a, uh, a headhunter knew me from my direct marketing background, and she knew that they were looking for someone who, A, could help them get better situated with the advertising industry, because a big part of our business at that point was premiums and incentives. And uh, the fact that I had this agency background, uh, it, it was great. The record business was, was a lot of fun. Uh, I was on the side of the business inside uh, BMG Direct, the direct marketing part of BMG, which had the record club and uh, also the uh, book clubs, the double day book clubs. And a guy named Worth Linen, who was my boss, actually my boss's boss, uh, Worth was from, was from Wonderman. And so I knew him for a long time. And uh, we did okay. We had a good time. Fantastic. Uh, I was there a few months and I got my first gold record. Uh, I sold uh, three quarters of a million country music Christmas cassettes to uh, Winston Cigarettes. 
And uh, those are real quarters of a million because it's one-way sale. There's no returns. And uh, I've been there like, I don't know, three months, four months. And it was huge fun to walk into my boss's office saying, look what I got. Wow, that's a great, great story. You, you wouldn't see a, a Winston uh, today in that context. So, uh, Yo-Yo Dine, legendary, don't know much about it. Uh, it was uh, started by a guy named Seth Godin, uh, who was a pretty legendary guy. And he was looking for someone who could bring them into the mainstream. And I looked pretty mainstream. Uh, you know, I showed up my first day at work with my Paul Stewart blazer and vest and bow tie and uh, stood in a conference room or one conference room uh, as Seth introduced me. And I felt myself slipping because I was standing in a pile of dog poop and I just slipped down. <laughs> different thing than Y&R in the 70s uh, uh, where you didn't have a lot of dog poop in conference rooms. Uh, I'm sure not. Dogs. So, yeah, that, that was, we had a, a product that we were, we created. Seth had a brilliant idea. And the idea was that the internet gave you the opportunity to reinvent the quiz show, which was so instrumental first with radio and then with television. Only the difference was instead of having one or two contestants or five contestants playing in front of a studio audience and then an audience at home, you could have millions of contestants uh, all competing against one another. And so we created these games in which you, like trivia contests, based on learning about different companies and their web presence. And we had really interesting technology, pretty primitive, but interesting technology. And a moment came when we recognized that we either had to go out of business or sell ourselves because we weren't going to go public. The, the, the business wasn't there. And uh, we sort of divvied up who got to call on Excite and who got to call on AOL and who got to call on Yahoo, which was me. And uh, one of our investors was also an early investor at Yahoo. And he introduced us. And all of a sudden, we got acquired by Yahoo. It was uh, quite extraordinary. And one of the most amazing things that ever happened to me. So you came to Yahoo through acquisition, which I did not know. Right. Um, Seth has continued to be a tremendous thought leader in the business. You really stood but on the shoulders. did at Yahoo. Right. No, he, he only lasted a year and then got too, fired. Too independent. Uh, he and the, his management, it, they just did not understand him and he did not understand them. Unfortunately for both Seth and for Yahoo, he had moved to California, 
But I was not in a position to move. So I had to work out of the New York office where I was about as welcome as, uh, you know, the plague because uh, no one knew what I did or what I was supposed to do. But there were a few salespeople who thought maybe he has a good Rolodex. So Yahoo, an extraordinary company, and I want to jump around a little bit here, but you mentioned um, Seth and how it didn't work. Yahoo was brilliant, but also had a habit of acquiring great people and great companies and kind of wrecking them. Yes. The whole industry was like that. Name one acquisition that paid off. And, and you know, Mark Cuban and Broadcast.com and Flickr. And, and yet, oddly, there was this, again, a juxtaposition uh, uh, where you had this incredibly group of talented people. I mean, as, as, as we both know, Jerry, Yahoo during your era became the biggest farm system for talent that this industry still to this day has ever seen. Yep. But it's an odd juxtaposition because so much of the stuff that they and others of that era, not to put it all on Yahoo, acquisitions just did not work out at all. Well, there's two things that you're talking about, Matt. One is how badly the technology industry and not just the tech industry, but all of our industries put together, how badly they do acquisitions uh, and for the wrong reasons in many cases. The other thing is occasionally God smiles at you and does extraordinary things. Uh, I was at Yahoo for, I don't know, eight months, something like that, nine months. And suddenly we had a new head of sales. And I didn't know her, but I knew a lot of people who knew her. And she didn't know me, but she knew a lot of people who knew me. And our my people talked to her. Suddenly, we had a reason to say hello to each other. And it was the beginning of a nine-year uh, extraordinary love affair in business. Uh, Wendell Harris Millard was the best manager I ever worked with. Uh, hard, tough, but she knew how to say yes. And that was a huge step forward for her, for me, for us. You know, when we met you, Matt, I don't know how well you remember that day, but you had been hired by the 4As to uh, try to put this thing called Advertising Week together. And uh, Mike Donahue and I guess Mike called me and said, we'd like to come over and show you what we got. And Wenda and I sat in the conference room uh, opposite you two. And by the third slide, we were saying, yes, stop the slides. We're done. The answer is yes, because she knew how to make a decision uh, and did extraordinary things, extraordinary conferences. Now, it was an amazing, amazing body of work. We created a, out of nothing, out yeah. of no money, we had a budget, Matt, that was a third, a tenth 
of what our competition was. Yeah. But we did it smartly. Uh, we tried to focus on the highest level of decision makers, not the lowest. Yeah. And we didn't care to buy cheap drinks for all the art directors from Norway who showed up at Cannes. We wanted dinner with the CEOs of their companies. And it turns out that it's a lot cheaper to have 40 dinners with 40 CEOs than pour shitty wine for hundreds of non-decision makers. Yeah, no, it, it was a great run. And the story you told is exactly true. And I'll go back even further. I remember I was sitting with, Birch and Mike and, and Ad Age had gotten wind that there was going to be something called Advertising Week. And, uh, and I said to Birch, can I, you know, can I or should I talk to the reporter? And he said, yes, you should. And they asked, are there any sponsors? And I had just started. And I go back to Birch and I say, are there any sponsors? And he says, yeah, Yahoo. And uh, I said, but we haven't really talked to them yet. And he said, Oh, no, I'm sure that they're going to say yes. And you can say it in ad age. And sure enough, you and Wenda were the first company first dollar in for advertising week, I think it was 200 grand that you put yep. in that that first year. Um, and then I remember us standing on the edge uh, or just outside our first venue, which was then the Museum of Television and Radio right next to the old sadly now shuttered 21 and um and that's where the idea of us you know working together uh and doing stuff because at that point advertising week was a client of mine it wasn't you know i was doing other things also i remember and, saying to you i i don't have a job to offer you i have yeah. no idea how much we could pay you i have no idea that you would be interested in it, but if you would be would yeah. you be yeah, no, it was and great. It was I great. then went to it and said, here's a guy we got to hire. And you shit how much it cost. It it was a talent that you couldn't say no to. And I, I don't mean that as, as fawning, uh, uh, made-up bullshit. I really mean it. You had, dis dis you had displayed a way of connecting with an industry that sorely needed connection. You know, where at the time, you may recall, uh, the internet as an advertising medium maybe was 3% of the total spent, maybe four on a good day. It's, it's more like 20 today or 30. And it, it's, we thought seven, if we could get to seven, that would be, Amazing. Right, right. And and Wenda was part of a tremendous team at Yahoo. Uh, oh. And uh, they really did become, I think, the most prolific farm system for talent that this industry has seen in the 21st century. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, it, 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 a lot of it has to do with hiring the right people. We had a, a, a lady, uh, Jackie... Uh, Come on, help me. 
she was uh, head of sales at the, like the Washington Post or something like that. Jackie Kelly. Kelly. And Wenda heard through the grapevine that she was maybe available. So we hired her. We, we didn't know what we were hiring her for. We didn't have a job for her. Yeah. But she was extraordinary. Uh, yeah, still, they, still, still is. Yeah. When they showed me stuff that I didn't even know how to think about. Yeah, no, we, we did great stuff. And I remember when we had you on stage in L.A. at the Pantages, Pantages Theater with Carl Reiner. Yes, indeed. Uh, but see, that was an interesting thing. We we wanted to have an event on the West Coast that, among everything else, said, we are smart guys, we hang out with smart guys, and you should want to hang out with us, clients. And, I mean... The fuck are we doing hiring Carl Reiner to be a a, 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 a talking head at this show? It was the the theatricality of the event, the extraordinary chutzpah of taking over the the, the, the front half of the Pantages Theater in LA for essentially a sales pitch. Yeah, but it was not. It was a sales pitch, but it wasn't a sales pitch. That was our. That was the way we did business. Yeah, no, uh, it was a. It was a great, great, great run. Let's talk about the big idea, Chair, because that's a legacy that you have left. Give us the origin story of that, Jerry. I know you've got one of them around somewhere. Downstairs, but here's here's the the my pillow. Right, right. Uh, the origin was we were working with an agency in New York. God, I can't remember which one it was. And we came in for four days and took over one of their conference rooms and had people there to answer questions about what this thing called the internet was and how you use it. Because you will recall, please, that nobody really knew. The agency world had they treated the internet like, you know, the little red-haired kid, illegitimate stepchild. They changed the name of the agency. They made them move downtown. They, they really didn't want anything to do with them. The only one who did, by the way, was Ogilvy. Uh, and they did a great job. But the this agency had asked us to take over the conference room. And so my team and I thought about what we could do. And Yahoo, as you may recall, had an interesting color palette of yellow and purple. Go figure. And so we moved some furniture down to that conference room to kind of Yahooize the conference room. And we liked that a lot. And then the lady I was working with, uh, Indira Ranganathan, who was just a terrific, really smart person, she said, well, what can we do with it now? The, the week is over. And we thought about it a while, and we said, gee, I wonder if they would let us leave our furniture there. 
you know, it was used, who gave a shit, but it was yellow and purple. And that, so we talked about that for a while and then came up with this idea that we could create a, an award in an industry that was, that lived by awards. Everybody wanted a Clio, everyone wanted a this or a that, and all of the awards were Lucite, you know? What would happen if we gave an award that wasn't a fucking Lucite statue? If we gave an award that was yellow and purple, and we took this chair that we had in our lobby, and we called it the big idea chair, and we would give it to an agency that did something worthy of having a big idea chair. And uh, man, they, they, they beat the, the doors down to get to that thing. Uh, we, I think, gave away in the US 27 of them over its lifetime. Uh, and it became a legitimate contender in in the agency award business. I mean, you you would go to I don't know Leo Burnett in Chicago, and the two chairs that they had won were sitting in a little area in front of the CEO's office. But it, this was not, uh, you know, another plastic thing that sat on a shelf someplace and collected dust. People really cared about this. And the guys and ladies who won them were extraordinarily proud. And the chair didn't cost that much. It was it it was like, you know, the tennis player with the with with, with the swoosh on the shirt. What's that worth to you to have a client walk in? to Leo Burnett and see these two Yahoo chairs in front of the CEO's office? Wow. Uh, and it just took off and they've been using it around the world now. Yeah. Uh, and still do. Uh, I've been kind of disappointed a little bit with what Yahoo did with a number of the things that we put in place. Uh, but around the world, there are people who recognized that that was a really smart thing. I mean, we created an award in one year. It was pretty cool. It, it, it sure was. And we were a, a part of a lot of those and, and left a lifetime legacy. A, another place, Jerry, where our paths crossed and you got me involved was with Rick Boyko in the VCU Brand Center. You got and, it. And uh, that board was a who's who of the industry. Uh, and I still speak to Rick. I'm sure you do too. I just had dinner with him. Yeah, that was also a great, great run. So question, you're a guy running a small little marketing group for the head of sales in the US, not part of the corporate marketing department. You have fundamentally no budget and you go to your client, Wenda, and you say, hey, I need $25,000 so I can go sit on this board. Uh, and she said, well, who else is on the board? And I said, well, here, here's a list. And it was, as you said, a who's who of the top creative people in the United States. 
And it, again, provided us an entree to people that our sales guys didn't know how to get to. And I mean, I knew their names, but I didn't know how to get to them. But all of a sudden, we were a tremendous force in the industry because I was on that board. Yeah. That everyone else assumed that must be important. Yeah, <laughs> no, and I and I I ended up succeeding you on that board. And and, and I think, and and I think between the two of us we can piece the story together, but I think in the most genuine not illicit or surreptitious way, but I think we tricked Yahoo into a half a million dollar donation Absolutely. when Rick was building the new building. Absolutely. And in fact, what happened, uh, I remember this uh, with exquisite, uh, you, we had dinner for, I don't know, 40 or 50 of our closest and most intimate sea level friends on the roof of this apartment house in uh, uh, in Cannes on the Croisette. And you and I were sitting sort of catty to each other opposite uh, Greg Coleman, who was the worldwide head of marketing for Yahoo. And Rick said a few nice words and in the course of saying a few nice words, he essentially said, Yahoo agreed to throw a lot of money at this project. And Greg looked at you and looked at me and he said, I did? Because people were like congratulating him and slapping him on the back and telling him what a brilliant thing it was that he had done. He had no idea he had done it. But he didn't know how to say, I didn't do it, it ain't happening. It happened, and uh, <laughs> it was one of a number of extraordinary things you can do when you when you have personal relationships with the who's who. Yeah, no, very well said. And and at what we ended up funding was the student lounge, as I recall, yep. at the new uh VCU Brand Center building, which is still there in what is now called Mike Hughes Hall after the late great uh Mike Hughes. And uh that was a great joy to be involved with v VCU. And that also started with you, Jerry. And it it was at Lennon who said, give me the children and let me educate them and they will become mine. Well guess what? These were the kids who were going to come out of this school and enter into creative and management roles that were going to be very valuable to Yahoo for years and years and years. And that big yellow purple chair sitting in the lounge to this day is a reminder to them. Yeah, who's that? We unfortunately did not, the company, when it changed direction threw away a lot of babies with the bathwater and uh i mean i don't if you remember the little series I, we had a guy who we took onto the team only because we needed to somebody needed to find a place for him and he made videos and so 
I started making these videos of giants of advertising. And where did I find them? I picked up the phone and said, hey, we'd like to make a video of you. And everybody said yes, because the first one I asked was Lester Wonderman. And that Lester did it, and I could show people how reverential we were, how kind we were. This was not a hatchet job. This was really admiring what people had done. Uh, Charlotte Beers, uh, extraordinary people. And they threw it all away. I have most of them on DVDs over here, but does not exist at Yahoo anymore. Yeah, well, listen, the, com the company, I mean, we are still with them and they're still with us, but the company has changed ownership a bunch of times. And listen, what hasn't changed is I think that irreverence that the brand always had, I think they've retained that. I think it's still a brand that people love. I think it's very hard to acquire a halo like what Yahoo has had historically and and I think to a large degree still has. And the audience still loves Yahoo. There's still almost a billion people a day going there. But a lot of the B2B stuff that that you had built, um, you know, I think has uh, not stayed. Um, and you hope that the current strategies will work for them. But I, I sure as heck know the stuff that you did did work. Yeah, no, it really did. So, Jared, just to wrap, you know, you said today that the business is not recognizable. You have the benefit of perspective going back to pretty much the Woodstock era, and I mean the original Woodstock, uh, up, up to today. What has surprised and pleased you about where we are, and what has most disappointed you about where we are? Well, surprise is that the industry actually still semi-exists. I'm astounded because so many, uh, so much of the world has changed in so many ways that the money is not what it used to be. The, the opportunities aren't what they used to be. I mean, I worked for a guy early in my career who when he died, the board of directors of Johnson & Johnson gave his family this big hunk of, of j, j stock in appreciation for the 25 years the man had spent on their behalf at YNR. Uh, that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, decisions are made by purchasing agents and uh, uh, lawyers and other people who don't necessarily have a sense of the amazing, amazing nature of what the advertising business can be. I wish I could say that the industry has lived up to my expectations and hopes because I don't think it has. I think it got stuck in, in in a world of 30-second TV commercials. And I don't think that they have grown significantly since then. There is a lot more uh, interest in and use of the technologies that are available, but the insights that are available from those technologies 
have the surface has not even been scratched. And it's because no one has figured out how to make money from it. And you can't figure out how to make money from it. It doesn't exist. You know, one of the words that comes to mind and in your Jane Jay story uh, manifest that is humanity. And what you brought to the industry, Jerry, was not only an incredible and infectious creativity and enthusiasm, but a humanity. And uh, that also is not always present. Uh, in business today, certainly in politics, it's not present anymore. Uh, and I can't thank you enough for doing this. It was such a pleasure to catch up and hear some of the stories. Some I knew, some I didn't. And uh, let's get you to get you to the city for lunch, or I'll come out to Connecticut and have lunch. We can do both. Okay, buddy. Great to see you, Matt. Thank you. <laughs>